And welcome back to the Mitchell Street Fantasy Podcast. This is where I admit my power rankings from last week are already incredibly outdated. I wouldn't want it any other way. Looks like a lot of teams playing this week wanted to prove my rankings wrong for better or for worse. And I should mention that Dan is not only in first place in the league, still, but is now the owner of the highest single game score of the season. He beats my previous record of 180 points by putting up nearly 185 points this week. Last year, we saw some 200-point games, so we'll have to wait and see if someone can knock Dan off his throne before the end of the year. Now, some random league news before we get into the matchups. Just one quick item. Chris pulled the trigger on picking up AB, Mr. Big Chest. Have to see if the pickup was worth it when he joins the Bucks in Week 9 and beyond. Some notable injuries from this past week include OBJ, Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, all players who are regularly being started by teams in our league. We know OBJ's done for the year already with a torn ACL. Carson seems to be in the best position to return soon. Um, Drake, I haven't kept up to date on what he's doing, but he had to get carted off the field on Sunday, so it's never a good sign. Or Monday, rather. Speaking of Kenyon Drake, Let's start our matchup dissection with the man who drafted him 11th overall. Colin took another loss this week, this time at the hands of Chris. His smart move, Collins, of picking up Philip Lindsay was immediately struck down by the football gods by gifting Philip Lindsay a concussion, forcing Colin to start Adrian Peterson in 2020. Chris took the gamble and started Chase Edmonds, the other Cardinals running back, and he profited from that. He had a couple weak performances across the board from some of his usual good players, but he still put up a respectable 138 points thanks to some incredible solo performances like the Chiefs' defense scoring 21 points, which is actually more than any individual player on Collins' team. Chris made a strong case for staying in the second spot on that power rankings this week. Now, someone who didn't make a case to keep their ranking spot was Nate. After I gifted him that number one spot, he rewarded me with his worst game of the season. Nate posted under 100 points, making that the second week in a row with a sub-100 point game. Not a good trend for someone who didn't score less than 113 points before the last two weeks. I don't know what's happening to Nate's roster. I thought it was the strongest roster by far, but it looks like it has some cracks. Derek, on the other hand, came out firing on all cylinders. His team had a pretty decent week from everyone on his lineup. All his players, you know, did basically just enough to beat Nate this week. He got a huge performance from Kyler Murray, and Melvin Gordon picked up the slack where Philip Lindsay left it after the concussion. But it, I'm still confused as to how he's on the field after being arrested for that DUI. I feel like nothing happened after that. Um, I don't expect this level of success to continue for Derek, but he's a rogue team out there that can have a great week from time to time and just ruin another team's playoff chances. Brandon has branded himself as a playoff blocker, but he's not going to do much blocking if he keeps playing like he did last week. I was originally worried about his trio of Falcon players on his roster as being the weak spot, but those were some of the few that showed up this week. Mike Davis wasted potentially his last week as a starting running back. Although we know he's probably going to start tonight based on what we're hearing out of the Panthers' practice reports. But it was a really, really weak performance. Not what you want to see just when Christian McCaffrey is about to come back. Mike Davis could lose his role pretty quickly in the fantasy land. 
Chris Carson, like we mentioned at the top, had to leave early with his ankle injury. The Patriots defense was out there scoring negative points against the 49ers, making them look like some kind of amazing team when they couldn't score on anybody the last few weeks. And Hunter Henry surprisingly had almost no stats in a game where the Chargers scored nearly 40 points. Now despite a Joe Mixon injury, I was able to get back on track this week. Huge games from Justin Herbert immediately justified my trading away of Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I was carried by my wide receivers for the most part, like every other week that I win. The running backs have poor showing, yet again, same story every week. I picked up David Montgomery in that Aaron Rodgers trade, and he did fine, but I need to see more from him. Without Joe Mixon, I'm going to be forced to keep starting Devin Singletary, who's been a huge bust for me. I had lots of hope for him, but I see my team being very boomer bust going forward. Really depends on if my running backs decide to play that week or not. I expect to be picking up some weird wins with plenty of losses along the way as well. I'm honestly not sure where I stand as far as the playoff race goes. Dan's team is another one of those teams that took particular offense to their ranking. Despite being number one in the standings, I put him at fourth in the power rankings. He came out to prove me wrong. Scoring nearly 185 points, he absolutely crushed Ryan, who actually didn't have too bad of a game himself, but he stood no chance against 185 points. The return of Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett from their bye, paired with the recently acquired James Robinson from Nate's team, basically sealed that game for him. His bench is still weak, but who needs a bench when Tyler Lockett's scoring 50 points for you in a single week? Ryan had a good week, but was super unlucky facing Dan this week. He seems to run into roadblock after roadblock, trying to get back on track after the whole Titans COVID thing. Michael Thomas maybe being the biggest bust of the year. And opponents are averaging 170 points against him in his five losses. It's really hard to win when you're opponents scoring such a ridiculous amount of points but at least scoring nearly 130 points for yourself is a step in the right direction maybe he can just take that as some reassurance for his team going forward but you know what no matter what he did this week optimal lineup or not he wasn't going to be beating Dan and going into our premier matchup for the week you know week after week our premier matchup continues to impress us this week Joe put on another clinic scoring 164 points and despite Cody's best efforts he could not beat Joe. Joe is undoubtedly the number one in the power rankings now. I, I have to admit I made a huge mistake ranking him at three and to prove me wrong he scored about 164 points with only 10 points from Mahomes this week. You know that was one of my biggest knocks on him. He was very top heavy but without one of his top point scorers he's still putting up those numbers. He's averaging almost 139 points a week and leads the league in points. Cody didn't have a bad week, but just like Ryan, he's just super unlucky to be matched up against someone who's scoring tons of points. Uh, with nearly 140 points, he would have beaten half the league this week, but was particularly let down by Daryl Henderson, who was his weakest player starting this week after trading David Montgomery to me. He does have Christian McCaffrey on his bench still, who's not coming back this week, but there's a pretty good chance he comes back next week to play on Sunday. Um, that, and that could give him a huge boost. And he managed to set himself up to make a push for the playoffs in the second half of the year. Unlike Ryan, who let his team slide and his record slide. But Cody's in a good spot. He's still in it. He still has a chance to make the playoffs. 
we have a couple of good matches coming up next week in week eight. Ryan and Brandon face off in a matchup between the two, two and five teams. Both of them really need the win. The loser may be on the outside looking in for any sort of playoff hopes. There's another matchup between Cody and myself. It's two, three, and four teams. This one definitely has some playoff implications. I think the loser is going to have a lot harder climb to get back into the playoff race. Hitting 500 would be huge for both of us. But our premier matchup isn't either of those this week. It has to be the one between Chris and Dan. Chris is Dan's toughest opponent since he barely escaped with a win against Joe in week five. If Chris wins, he'll bring Dan down into a tie. And if all pieces fall in favor of Chris, he could take over as the number one team in the league. You know, those pieces being a Joe loss or Chris outscoring Joe by a pretty good amount this week. Just one of those two things happening could put him at a tie with everyone and launch Chris into first place because he does hold the points for tiebreaker over Dan. Is this the week that Dan finally falls from the top? Is this the week that I have been prophesizing since week one? We'll find out, I guess. Good luck to everyone this week. Peace.